You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 227. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back to the Earn That Body podcast. This is Kim Eagle, and I hope you are ready for an amazing week ahead. Today, we are going to talk about a favorite topic for some, which is caffeine. But I actually have done a podcast in the past about coffee in general. That's that's podcast episode number 52, is coffee healthy or harmful? Check it out if you had not heard that one before. But today we're talking more about caffeine because caffeine is in more than just coffee. There are many other drinks out there that have caffeine. And coming to you from Harvard Health Publishing, they talked about in this article that I read the how caffeine and health sort of uh, interact with each other, I guess you could say, and what the latest science is about caffeine's influence not only on your heart, but also on your memory, your sex life, and even exercise performance. So all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, I came across an article in US News that was titled, Why Can Some People Eat Whatever They Want and Not Gain Weight? How many people know those kind of people? (laughs) It's kind of irritating sometimes, right? Because you're probably counting every calorie, trying to shed a few pounds, and then you go out to lunch with your girlfriend and she mows down like a hamburger and fries, perhaps, and she's as skinny as can be. We've all been there. We all know people like that. And in this article, they were talking about it because, again, we all know people like that. But according to diet experts, such a person, this person that we heavily dislike, (laughs) such a person hasn't discovered any magic spell or magic pill to avoid weight gain. Rather, it's probably how they're living and how they're eating. So when you observe somebody who doesn't seem to gain weight, they say that they're not defined the laws of thermodynamics by any means, according to the U.S. News Best Diets expert panelist, Dr. Larry Cheskin. What they're doing, however, in some way, in some form, is they are balancing their intake and their output. And this phenomenon is very common in young children. So you might see your kids go for a run around the block and then come home and maybe eat a little more than they normally would. But then they don't repeat that same habit for the rest of the week. Someone who seems to not have to watch what they're eating as an adult is achieving that same type of balance. Now, some people say they can eat what they want, but if you truly scrutinize their lifestyle, what you would find is that they eat small portions of food and that they probably limit high fat, high sugary foods in their eating daily plan, and that's according to a registered dietitian, Rebecca Rees. She's an adjunct assistant professor at the University of Texas, there you go, and what she's saying is they probably could eat whatever they want, but yet they seem to know how to moderate their intake, and they're probably moderating it from feel, like when they're full, they're simply done. 
Now, Rees also says that these people are probably active in some way, even if it's just walking three or four times a week, an hour at a time, and avoiding a sedentary life by being busy and active during the day. And you'd be surprised how many calories people can burn by doing things like taking the stairs and walking further in the parking lots and just getting in more activity. Now, Cheskin also notes the standard exercise recommendation is to get a half hour of moderate physical activity, like walking at a brisk pace, on most days, if not all days. And that people who are more physically active have lower risks of heart disease, diabetes, and even high blood pressure. Now, they also point out that people who don't seem to gain weight may have some favorable biological factors like a faster metabolism, more lean tissue, or more muscle mass, and inherently, they may be able to burn more calories. But they don't think people can cop out and sort of blame their excess weight on all genetics because they do think that the body structure and layer will change with good eating habits and physical activity on top of that. So with all of that in mind, what is a more efficient way to lose weight? Well, both Cheskin and Reeves, they both said a number of strategies, including Seeking help from weight management professionals is always going to be the best way to lose weight. So just think about this, though. I actually do have some friends who who don't, they don't diet and they always look great. And if I think about these people, when I go out to lunch with them, honestly, I never do see them overeat. I never do see them order huge portions. They order what they want, but they don't necessarily eat everything on the plate. And the people are very active, not even athletically active, but people who are always doing something, walking dogs, uh, you know, walking, helping others in some kind of way that they're physically active all the time. Now, I really thought it was a great point of view to to look at the child when they talked about someone who probably doesn't gain weight as well and doesn't ever think about it. Kids really don't think about eating and their body, especially at a young age. You know, as they get to be teenagers, that definitely can be another issue. But at a young age, it's like nothing that they think about. They go out, they run around, they come back, they eat if they're hungry. Kids don't generally finish their plates with food, right? How often, as a parent, do you look at your kid and say, you've got to eat more, (laughs) like finish your plate, eat your vegetables? Kids don't necessarily do that. And kids really are like these people who you see who don't gain weight because they go by how they feel. If they're hungry, they're going to eat. If they're full, they're gonna stop. But if you think about potentially, I don't know, it could be what you do, Um, but even what I do, and I know that y'all think, you know, I'm super fit and, and I am a fit person, but I also like to clear my plate because I do like food too. But sometimes I'm totally full. How often are you totally full, but you wanna keep eating because it tastes so good? Well, I think these people who are not gaining weight, who we don't love, (laughs) who say they can eat anything they want, They just don't feel like that and they don't feel like they have to clear their plate. So very interesting information. Why can some people eat whatever they want and not gain weight? Honestly, typically what they're saying is because they're very active and because they truly are leveling out calories in, activity out, 
calorie burn and just going by how they feel. And they're probably not obsessed, if you know what I mean, with their weight. Like that's just a secondary thing in their life. Whereas so many of us, it's a focus. And I say us because I am just like you in so many ways. And so yeah, like lifestyle and feeling good to me is the most important thing about my body. But to say that people don't get somewhat obsessed out there about their weight, I don't feel that I'm obsessed about my weight, but I am obsessed with feeling amazing. Um, so things to think about when the next time you sit down with that girlfriend at lunch, <laughs> who again, probably isn't gonna order the burger and fries because she probably, not even saying she orders the salad. I'm just saying she probably doesn't order a very big meal. <laughs> all right, now let's talk about what we all love so much Really what we all love so much is coffee. So as I said, you can go back to the other podcast that I have done on coffee if that's what you're interested in, episode number 52. But let's talk about caffeine, right? So, so many Americans use caffeine for that extra jolt. And on average, about 80% of adults take some type of caffeine every single day, and that's according to the FDA. It's usually from coffee, but also from tea, soda, or they say even energy drinks. But does all that caffeine have an impact on your health? And is it a good impact? or a bad impact. That's what we want to know, right? And while caffeine can give you that temporary mental boost, a physical boost, its impact depends on how much you consume. And this information day is coming, as I said, from Harvard Health Publishing. So Dr. Stephen Jurashik is an internal medical specialist at Harvard, and he is saying that again, it's not necessarily the caffeine itself, but how much you consume. Now, what actually is caffeine? It is a natural stimulant. And the main effect is on our central nervous system where it can increase our alertness and even give us that extra boost often when we are tired. We all know that one, like, oh, I'm feeling a little tired. Let's head over to Starbucks. Now, caffeine's effect peaks within an hour after you consume it. And the body eliminates half of it within about four to six hours after consuming. Yet, how people react to caffeine will depend on their sensitivity and how quickly it is digested. This is why some people can get a jolt from just a little tiny small cup of coffee, while others can drink so many cups and barely feel anything. It's also possible that your body can adjust over time to how it reacts to caffeine the more you consume it. So it's kind of just like everything else. Your body starts to build up sort of a tolerance and then you can just drink more and more before you're going to get that jolt. And it is this variation that makes pinpointing caffeine's influence on our health a real challenge as they try to study it. But science has shown a few intriguing findings. Now, one is for your heart. High doses of caffeine. And again, when I say caffeine, it's not just coffee because caffeine can be in the tea and in some of these sport drinks. So many different things now have caffeine in them, just so you know. But high doses of it can temporarily raise your heart rate it can also temporarily raise your blood pressure, which may be dangerous for some people who have heart disease. 
Now, regular consumption does not disrupt your heart's rhythm, not at all, to create that sort of dangerous, irregular pattern that they call atrial fibrillation. And that's according to a study in the 2016 Journal of American Heart Association. So it can pose a risk if you have a heart condition. Now, what does it do for memory? Some research has suggested that caffeine can protect against dementia, including Alzheimer's disease. And one observational study in December 2016 in the issue of the Journals of Gerontology Series A, they found that adults ages 65 and older who took an average of 261 milligrams of caffeine a day, and that, just so you know, is about two to three eight-ounce cups of coffee, For 10 years, they reported fewer dementia symptoms compared with those who consumed an average of 64, which is a little more than half a cup of coffee. Now, still, it is not understood whether caffeine or other nutrients in coffee, like antioxidants or some combination, is at play. So there's still quite a bit of research they need to do to say that coffee protects against dementia, but it's the start of some interesting um, science that they're starting to see. Now here's an interesting one, erectile function. Regular caffeine intake may improve ED, which is erectile dysfunction, According to a study done in 2015 in a journal PLOS One, researchers compared daily caffeine intake and rates of ED in men who were part of the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. They found that those who consumed daily caffeine equal to two to three cups of coffee were 42% less likely to report erectile dysfunction compared with those who drank less and that the effect applied even to men who were overweight and had hypertension. So the connection may be related to caffeine's ability to increase blood flow, but again, definitely more research is needed. So right now, all the men are going to go get more coffee. (laughs) Now, what about its impact on exercise? Many studies have found that that jolt of caffeine can improve athletic endurance and can even reduce fatigue. The amounts often studied range from about 225 milligrams to 600 milligrams taken about an hour beforehand. Yet, a lot of that research involves high-level athletes, and the type of exercise tends to vary. So it's not clear exactly how caffeine might help the average person because you have to understand that these high-level athletes are not us. (laughs) These high-level athletes are anomalies. They're amazing, these bodies, these genetics. So they have been doing these studies on high-level athletes, but they just don't know how it might help the average person. Now, consuming some caffeine before hitting the gym may work for some, they say, but not for everyone. And it doesn't hurt to try it. You could see how you feel, but you should be realistic that it probably isn't going to make a huge impact on your gym results. Now, an important thing that you definitely want to understand is that these energy drinks these energy drinks that they are just promoting to the world, like grab it, get you know, get that jolt. Oh, these energy drinks. You need to lose the energy drinks. 
even written here in Harvard Health, they say drop all energy drinks. Some research has shown that popular energy drinks can cause a dangerous jolt to your cardiovascular system. They did do a study in April 2017 in JAMA and found that healthy people, totally healthy people who consumed a 32 ounce energy drink that contained 320 milligrams of caffeine and 108 grams of sugar. Oh my God, that's way more sugar than you should ever have in a day. And I can't even imagine having the caffeine with the sugar at the same time. These people were more likely to have an abnormal electrocardiogram after two hours and mildly elevated blood pressure after six. So honestly, drop all energy drinks. And when I'm talking energy drinks, I'm talking about these like crazy monster drinks and the Red Bulls, things like that. Not the drinks I'm recommending for sports and athletes, okay? Little bit different here. So generally, the ones that are at the counter at the supermarket, those are the energy drinks you want to stay away from. Now, the overall thing about caffeine is you really do want to watch your intake. Overall, for most people consuming caffeine, it's no serious health risk, even if taken within safe amounts, right? It's that for most people consuming caffeine, not a problem. But people who have never had a heart attack or keep their blood pressure well controlled, they should still consume no more than 400 milligrams per day which is the amount found in about four cups of coffee, or they say 10 cups of black tea. Now, personally, I think four cups of coffee is definitely a max, but 10 cups of black tea, if you're drinking 10 cups of black tea, I think it's too much. But according to this article, if you don't have a heart condition, you can make it work. I always recommend recommend to my clients one to two cups a day, that's what you should stick with because then I really want you to switch over to water. But if you had three cups, it's not gonna be a health issue, right? Now, this amount is considered safe, this amount that they're saying with 400 milligrams per day, and it isn't linked to any long-term effect on blood pressure or heart attack or stroke risk. However, if you have had a heart attack or if you have been diagnosed with heart disease, you should keep your dosage to about half of that. That is what they're recommending. And honestly, if you've had a heart attack or have heart disease, you should definitely discuss with your doctor exactly what they recommend and make sure that you're in that right amount. Now, they also say that the source of the caffeine does matter too. So coffee and tea are great because they also contain some disease-fighting antioxidants, but you do want to avoid putting in a lot of cream, a lot of sugar, because that usually boosts the calories and the fat. And I would add that really look at the label of the cream. A lot of people, their creamers have so many artificial sweeteners on them. They are so bad for you. It's usually the first thing I have to cut out for my clients is all these artificial coffee creamers that they are putting in their coffee. So the coffee isn't bad. It's what people are putting in their coffee generally that can be. And you also want to skip the soda or at least definitely reduce it. Very, very, very low amounts of soda. Diet soda, I say cut it all together. That's the worst you can possibly drink. Um, Soda often contains very high amounts of caffeine in a single serving and is usually loaded in sugar. 
The diet one, you're right now thinking, well, that's why I have diet, because it has no sugar. The diet one has so many chemicals in it, you're, it's not worth drinking, right? You wanna, you wanna drink and eat real food and real things in your drink. You don't want it to be completely chemically made in a lab. And if that doesn't help you enough to make the decision, I do wanna let you know that I have done a lot of research on soda. I actually did a podcast on soda too. And soda does in fact mess with your hormones and will make weight loss even harder, whether it's real soda or diet soda. So if, you, if you're a soda drinker, check out episode number 62 to make sure that um, you understand what it's doing to your body before you drink it. So generally I say skip the soda or really definitely limit it if you can. So that's pretty much everything about caffeine. I think it goes, you know, with everything else that I always preach, everything in moderation. That is the most important thing. Can you have coffee? Yes. Can you have a soda? Once in a while, right? But can you have caffeine? Absolutely. And maybe there are some benefits, like I said, maybe it's going to help performance, but you also have to be careful with caffeine. The things that you want to be careful are if you have any sleep issues, do you think you should be drinking a lot of caffeine? You know, sometimes I have clients who tell me they have a lot of trouble sleeping at night, but they also drink a ton of caffeine or like a ton of coffee or a ton of tea. You can't be drinking a lot of coffee if you're having symptoms of insomnia or you're waking up all the time or you're just having sleep issues in general. And if you drink more than four cups of coffee a day, you've got to ask yourself if you have any of these side effects, headaches, insomnia, nervousness, irritability, frequent urination and inability to control urination, a very fast heartbeat or muscle tremors. Because if you have any of those, that also is an indication that this is too much caffeine for you. And that would be something you want to step back, slow down, reduce the amount. Some people get very jittery when they drink coffee. So for you, you're probably a little more sensitive. And again, that would mean less caffeine for you. You would not want to have too much caffeine if you're someone who gets that jittery feeling. I know I get that if I don't eat enough and then have a cup of coffee or hot tea that has caffeine in it. Sometimes makes me feel a little bit jittery. Now, another thing to note is if you're taking medications or supplements, you need to be a little bit cautious because some medications and herbal supplements may interact with caffeine. So I wanna give you a couple examples just so if this is anything you're taking, you should know. Ephedrine, mixing caffeine with ephedrine, which is used as a lot in the decongestants you might take, that can increase your risk of high blood pressure, heart attack, stroke, or seizure. So ephedrine is a pretty strong uh, medication. It's something you need to be really careful of. Way back in the day, many, many years ago, when they started coming out with a lot of these energy pills and energy drinks, they had ephedrine in them. And the Chinese herb for that is ma huang. Um, My background's in Eastern medicine, so I always used to think, oh my gosh, why are people taking all this ephedrine, this ma huang? Like the 
contraindication, you know, on the actual herb is to be very cautious about it because it's really quite it's really quite strong. So you wouldn't want to mix any kind of ephedrine that you're taking with a lot of caffeine. Another one is theophylline. This is a medication used to open up the bronchial airways and it tends to have sort of a caffeine-like effect. So taking it with caffeine could increase the adverse effects of caffeine and it could give you some nausea and definitely could give you heart palpitations. And then this last one, which is pretty common that a lot of people take is echinacea. That's also an herbal supplement, which is sometimes used to prevent colds or infections, and it may increase the concentration of caffeine in your blood, and it may increase caffeine's unpleasant side effects, some of which we just talked about, like the headache, insomnia, nervousness, all that. So if you're taking any of those medications, be a little more cautious about your caffeine intake, all right? Now, if you are someone who does drink a lot of coffee or a lot of caffeine in general, and you know you need to drop back, I always say, make sure you cut back gradually because I'm sure you've all felt it and I'm sure you've heard that if you just cut cold turkey, you are likely to get a pretty bad headache and some withdrawal effects. So I recommend you drink one fewer can or cup of this caffeine item each day until you can get it to a more moderate low level. But don't feel like you can't cut back, but also don't feel like you have to go cold turkey. You're not gonna get a trophy for going cold turkey. Instead, be kind to your body. You built it up on caffeine and now let's slowly cut it back. So that's important to take note as well. And the other thing is just to get a little more conscious about how much caffeine you're actually taking in. So if you're someone who sort of keeps filling up the, the coffee cup every single day over and over and over in the morning, and you kind of think right now, well, I only have a few glasses of coffee a day or tea that's caffeine, I only have a few a day. But if you kind of don't know, because you kind of keep filling the cup over and over and sometimes it's half full and sometimes it's totally empty and maybe this week you just take a little more notice to really verify that you aren't drinking more than four a day. Again, they say four a day is all good. I think one to two a day is all good and most of you right now are shaking your head, nah, three to four is definitely more for you. <laughs> Whatever it is, make sure that you're not having any secondary symptoms that are causing you any problem, that you can still sleep well through the night, and that you still drink a ton of water too. But there you have it, everything you need to know about caffeine and your health. Earn That Body Podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information that you can put into play right away. So go check your uh, caffeine habit. Go put it into play. Let's see how much you're drinking. And I will catch you next week. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.